0: salutations and shit guys welcome to another episode of travel and shit so thanks to my mama she's let me know that this is going to be episode 38 my second uh remote episode it feels really funny to not be in the studio recording this um so if you're new to the podcast i am your host d carrie i am a 30-something black woman from New York City, and I travel the world solo. And this week, this episode is coming to you technically from Miraflores in Lima, Peru, because that is where I am right now. I am currently quite cold because it's winter time here. And by winter, it's like the current temperature in New York. It was like 65 degrees when I got here. Um, But this episode, although from Lima, Peru, is basically a review of what the fuck I just experienced in Cartagena, Colombia. Guys, 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 whoa. So, one of the things that i thoroughly enjoy about travel is experiencing the diaspora across the globe it feels good to be black but it also feels good to be black around other black people not in your own country like it is so interesting to me to see how other Black people experience Blackness in other parts of the world. So um, I make it a point when possible for me to, and then also I tend to choose locations and destinations where I know I'll be able to experience Blackness while I'm abroad. If there's nothing else I'm looking to experience. Like, I was looking to experience Rome. But I didn't look into anything Black-owned or uh, Black-centered. And that was the last um, remote episode. That's why I bring that up. And I say last remote episode because it was also the last time I traveled. Um, But I specifically chose Colombia because I knew that there was... um, a chance for me to experience um, afro Colombians and um, people of African descent in Colombia. I don't know all the technical, um, what do you call it, titles and whatnot because there are different levels of blackness. I don't want to say levels as if people, there are better blacks than other blacks, if that makes sense. But um, I know that there's Afro-descendant and there's um, other categories. But I heard it explained to me once by uh, one of the tour guides I had when I went to Palenque. But I'll get there. So trying to not make this a forever long episode. So I actually took notes. I jotted, I spent some time taking down notes so that I can keep this concise for you. And I realized that I would have been just as well off writing this in my travel journal. I highly recommend you guys keep a travel journal or a travel diary just so that you can, you know, in the future, look back on not just what you experienced, but how you experienced it and how you experienced yourself. In those experiences. So although I don't keep up with it as much as I would like to when I'm abroad, I do try to at least write once in the course of each time I go away in the journal, if not every day, which I would prefer to do. Um, But I tend to be one of those the same way I fall down these rabbit holes when I'm talking out loud, yo, I fall down the same fucking rabbit holes when I'm writing things down, when I'm writing in a journal. So I could go on and write in a journal for longer than I have the attention span to do so. So let me get started. Um, Columbia. I arrived um, June 15th, I believe, was a Saturday. And Columbia was playing in the championships, I think, or finals. I don't follow the sports, um, so I definitely don't have any uh, grasp of um, Colombian football or just foreign-ass football in general. Uh, but they were all in their jerseys all out in the streets. I stayed in Gethsemane. Um, It was quite entertaining to me to end up staying on the streets with all of the umbrellas. I'm certain you guys have seen um, certain travel bloggers and vloggers and influencers and just, you know, photos of Cartagena in general depicted because there are different, I believe they're called barrios, Ah uh, Barrios, Barrios Listen, you know what I'm talking about there are different subsets of the city of Cartagena. And one of them happens to be Gethsemane, which at one point, maybe three years ago I wanna say, I was told, was uh referred to as a not safe area a, a place where you don't wanna go because that's where the black people are, right? But now gentrification, so all of a sudden it's cool, it's desirable and everybody is suggested to stay there so i know that it is either right inside the walled city or right outside the walled city but it's a um relatively safe neighborhood and it's very walkable and it was also walkable to most of the stuff that i wanted to do i didn't need to take taxis to be entertained there were bars there were restaurants uh, cafes and all that other kind of shit that I could walk to, So I didn't have to spend bread on, uh, cabs. So first night, what I did was I made sure to book since I got there early, like I arrived maybe one, two o'clock, I want to say. So I had the whole rest of the afternoon to myself. So I came in, settled in, showered and changed. And I met up with the lovely Lara. Um, her name is Laura, but I like saying Lara, uh, her name is Laura and on Instagram, she is Rosa Caribe, 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 like Caribbean Rose, right? So it's R-O-S-A-C-A-R-I-B-E. I booked with her through Airbnb Experiences, which I've told you guys in the past is one of my favorite apps to use, not just for accommodations, but for things to do. I love booking with Airbnb Experiences. Uh, this isn't, uh, what do you call it? Uh, an ad or anything like that yet, because that would be great. Let's speak that into existence, partnership with Airbnb. Because I've told y'all before, I swear by not only Airbnb for housing, but for shit to do. What I love about Airbnb is that you're able to connect with locals and support people that actually live in the communities that you're staying in and um, put into their pockets and get a first hand experience as opposed to cuz you can um weed out who you're booking with. You can decide whether or not you want to book and support an expat that, you know, has moved to the city and decided to put their knowledge of um the I guess um oh the word is like right on the tip of my tongue. The culture or the vibe of their hometown or like their home country like an American that moves abroad knows what Americans are looking for for the most part or understands American culture or American traditions so they can offer certain things that American an American may be used to in you know an adventure or an excursion an experience abroad or you can choose to book something with someone that is from the neighborhood originally or someone that is from the country. And Laura is from Cartagena. And I booked with her on the first night to do a head wrap tying class. It included dinner. And I knew that um, I would either be meeting with other young women to or men to do a head wrap um, course. So I would be uh, in fellowship with other people in the area. So if things went well, I figured I could go for drinks with somebody afterwards or have someone give me suggestions of places nearby so that I can kind of ease my way into a little bit of... It's like a forced social setting, if you will, so that you don't have to go out by yourself. You're able to go out and experience the neighborhood and get a little bit of nightlife without actually um, being... Randomly forced into onto the scene of a place you have no idea of what's going on. For some of you, that might that maybe your shit, but me, not so much. So that is pre- specifically why I chose that um, experience. We met in Plaza de Trinidad, which was three blocks basically. It was a, a legit three-minute walk from my door, and I um, met Laura there. And we walked down this block that had incredible uh, murals. I mean, when I tell you that there is so much street art in Colombia, well, in Cartagena, if I refer to Colombia, it's essentially Cartagena because I didn't get to go anywhere else for the most part. Like the furthest I went, other uh, cities was uh, Palenque. Um, I went to Rosario Islands. Um, I went to a couple of different locations, but for the most part, I stayed in Cartagena. Like, I didn't go to uh, Medellin. I didn't go to uh, Bogota. I stayed in Cartagena, right? So, we went to Sierpe Caribe. It's on, actually, Sierpe Street or whatever, Galle. I don't know what it is, but it's a really cute restaurant. They've got like kind of Caribbean food and if you've been following my stories, you saw that I was able to get like a tapas plate of um what do you call it? stingray and shark. I loved I think the shark the most. It kind of reminded me of my mama's crab cakes. Not crab cakes, she don't make crab cakes. Uh salmon cakes. But it was really good. I had an incredible time with Laura. Stay tuned for a cute little tutorial on my um, TV of the two of us um, doing a little chat and doing a um, really simple head wrap. So I had a really good time. Oh, and what was cool about that experience was, was just me. I love when I end up being the only person on an experience because you get a certain level of extra attention. And then you also tend to get really great pictures, right? Which leads me to... Um we were joined at the restaurant by Maria, a friend of um Laura's boyfriend and I assume Laura his uh her boyfriend's name was Rafa and he's actually a photographer who has an experience on Airbnb as well. So if you'd like to just basically do a photo shoot in uh Cartagena if you go visit, you can definitely book with him on Airbnb. Um, so this cute little couple, both offer services on Airbnb, um, stay tuned for some photos that Rafa took of us and a video I did with Laura. The next day I did Palenque. Yeah, I did Palenque next. So Palenque is a town established by runaway slaves. And it is really interesting so retention isn't really my thing but what I do remember is once we because initially when we started we first started by going uh, driving through uh, the Bizzuto market and that's where a lot of the locals actually congregate to sell goods such as fruits and fish and vegetables and stuff like that to make a living And it actually was located near the, I think it's the San Felipe or San Ferdinand Castle and like the Plaza de Paz. Um, It used to be located there by where the docks and stuff are, but it was moved in 84. Check me out, remember and shit. It was moved in, I want to say 1983, 1984 to where it currently is, but the market is about to be moved again. Um, which isn't exactly the best thing for the locals that sell there, um, but gentrification, right? Um, But anyway, so we drove through Bresurto, but what was interesting to note was our tour guide, uh, Christian, was mentioning right before we got into, I'm going to backtrack to how the day went before that, but what was really interesting to me was that there was a town outside of Palenque called Balanquito or something but little Palenque and it basically was inhabited by people that were I don't want to say ostracized but like didn't meet the criteria to live in Palenque like you have to like be an actual descendant of Africans I want to say And if you are found to be mixed or if you're found to have other heritage, like another heritage somehow in your lineage, like you aren't allowed to live in Palenque because they are definitely making sure that they, um, I guess, I don't want to say just cherish because that's probably not what I'm going for, but they are choosing to, with hold and continue living by many of the, I guess, ancestral norms. But it just was really interesting to me that there were certain criteria that you had to meet in order to live in Palenque. And if you didn't meet those, that ass wasn't there. So um, interesting. But After we passed through Basurto, we stopped for empanadas. Them shits was bomb. I um, continued to meet some of the other wildly incredible and like so dope. Like I love doing black shit with other black people. And there were tons of black Americans on this trip. I'd say it was about 25 of us, maybe 30 of us, yeah, maybe 25 to 30 of us on the tour. And we, everybody was cool. Everybody was cool. Um, I want to say there may have been... uh, There was one woman from South Africa. Um, There was another... um, You know, I think everybody was black. Yeah, Dominicans are black. Um, So, it was all black. Um, And everybody was mad cool. Like, whomever you spoke to was just warm and just... About the shits, you know what I mean? And that always makes for a better tour. I actually have heard, you know some, I don't want to say horror stories, but sometimes you don't always get the greatest personalities. I know that I've had other tours where the group was the dud. Like I didn't speak to one person on the group. You just kind of show up, go for the experience and keep it pushing. Or you speak to one person and you don't really make a connection. This one, everybody I spoke to, I made some sort of connection with. We all exchange IGs and um, hopefully you guys are receiving this as your shout-out because individual names I'm not too familiar with. I remember some of your Instagram handles. Um, I know, Oh, homie that's from Brooklyn and, his, and is married to his adorable wife. Uh, your birthday just passed. I see your face, but I can't remember your name. Happy birthday, homie. Um, and Virginia, thank you so much for... Um, helping me out in Lima. It turns out one of the young ladies I met on my tour in Palenque actually is a researcher living in Lima, and she's not too far from where I am, so hopefully we'll be linking up uh, before I leave. And she was on the same flight as I was and basically put me on the bus. Like, she helped me buy my ticket, showed me where the bus was, and really came through. So, guys, like... It just feels good to be looked out for by people that just know a little bit more when you're out and about. So look out for each other. Take care of each other when you're uh, traveling. Um, And by each other, I mean black people. So back to my notes. The empanadas was popping. Then we made a bathroom stop. I got the bombest passion fruit juice. Like I watched Shorty like gut. The fruit and mix it. It was so good. So good. Um, If you follow the stories, I updated a lot of really cool little uh videos and stuff. And so there's an experience in the tour where you're like mashing corn and you are so new to it. You can't even really have like a strategy to it. So you look really stupid doing it. But it is really cool to be able to firsthand experience, you know, something that our ancestors did on a regular basis and like at some point after continued uh repetition became you know second nature too so that was really cool we were able to support the youth and buy like you know bracelets and mat woven woven mats and stuff like that we also got to take a lot of like the wildly dope shit about palenque is well not just palenque but um Colombia and well Cartagena in general is just like the street art I feel like I mentioned it before but the street art is hella black like blackness is so 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 celebrated out there and in Palenque is where they have the I love the big blue I love being black uh it's like an entire wall painted blue and it says I love being black and then there's another wall that's like um a cream or a toffee color and it not toffee but like a cream color and it says uh, "Black Lives Matter," and then there's just so much imagery of just black women, and I just love how celebrated it is to be black out there. And when we got to like, I guess you call the downtown of the area, is like a larger square. They switched from the like their music that they were listening to. I don't know if it was champeta or if it was like something else a different genre in particular but they switched from that and we got a little bit of cardi b and we definitely had cash money come and uh took it over for the 99s and uh the 2000s and back that ass up came on and i was in the middle of taking photos but you know when my favorite uh national uh my favorite negro spiritual back that ass up comes on you must comply and back that ass up. So um yeah that was a fun pick I posted on the grams. Um yeah so I definitely 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 also loved watching the young people dance and drum and it was I'm gonna post that as an IGTV video. It's so beautiful. Like, they were so good. And they danced so well. They danced so hard. It was so fucking hot. So God bless them, babies. They did at least a solid five, took a little, like, breather in the middle, and then went on for, like, another five. Like, youth, okay? Youth. It ain't nothing but youth and God and practice. And so I booked my Palenque tour with um, Experience Real Cartagena. Mm-hmm. They are on Instagram. I found them through Instagram. I don't remember what it, like travel account I was following, but it's a black-ass travel account. And they'd had like a special like trip out there where a bunch of people went. And they were in Cartagena, and they booked with Alex Roca. And he is the founder and the owner of the tour group. Excuse me. I think their tagline is Real Experiences for Real Travelers and I had the greatest experience with them. Alex picked me up, dropped us to uh, dropped me and two other young ladies, Virginia, and I can't remember her uh, homegirl's name, but we all were staying relatively close to each other in Gethsemane. We got picked up and we were taken to the um Larger bus where we met up with our tour guide, Christian. It was actually Christian's birthday when he did the tour with us. So happy birthday, Christian. Um, We had, I had an incredible experience with our guide, with the entire way the uh, trip was put together. There was a hiccup at the restaurant where we had to wait an extended period of time. However, um, that had nothing to do with the tour guide. It was, Father's Day that we were taking the trip. So the restaurant that we went to was like ridiculously packed and their kitchen got really backed up. But while we were waiting on the bus, we were accommodated. We were given drinks. If those of us that wanted beers got a beer. Um it was totally complimentary and when we got there, yo know, the food was so bomb, like so good. So I definitely would recommend the not just doing um the trip with um Alex and Christian and Experience Real Cartagena, but just overall supporting black businesses while you're abroad. I have found that it not only feels good, but you have a better ass experience as well. So, the next day I did uh, Bora Bora and that is one of the Rosario Islands. It had beautiful clear water, light sand. It was a little bit of a rocky beach. Not really hard rocks, but it wasn't like a really smooth, like the sand is sprinkling across your toes and you're walking right into the ocean, you know, working on pebbles. It was a little uncomfortable. Um, but listen, when I tell you that was my relaxed day, that was my relaxed day. All I did was swim, drink, and lounge. I, um, did not, I made sure I took a Dramamine the night before, I think I took two drama means the night before, and then I took one on my way, like right before or like right as we got on the boat. I was just worried about being sick. I did not want to, I did not, I know the last time I took like a speedboat was when my mom and I went to uh, St. Bart's. From St Martin and I think the trip was a little bit quicker than this was supposed to be. this trip was supposed to be forty five minutes. The last thing I wanted to do was to um, not enjoy myself because I felt like shit so I took a dramamine. And when we got, like, the trip there wasn't bad at all. It was the trip back that was whack. Now, I think that I was so relaxed and so tired was because I had mean in my system, and then I drank. And they definitely say, be careful taking alcohol. Don't operate heavy machinery. I definitely didn't operate heavy machinery. But after I ate, I went to sleep. And it was divine. The staff there is incredible, okay? Incredible. They're so kind. They're attentive. They walk around, make sure everything is okay. Um, You know, they get you to... Shout out to Jose, because he definitely came around, made sure everybody got up. We danced. We had a good time. Like, there's music playing the whole time, and it was good music playing. So, you dance for a while, you sweat, have a good time. You did, what is that, limbo, And then I went to swim to cool off, came back, um, sat around for a little bit, time to eat. Oh, I did a massage quite uh, quickly after we got there, and it was a great massage. I did a quick little 30-minute one, and um, it was really just a relaxing day. It was beautiful weather. It was hot, but you're on... um, if you've been following my feed, posted a really cute little uh, bathing suit picture. And I just found those white sunglasses on my way to the dock. Like another thing was I actually was able to walk to the docks from my uh, apartment. And um, God was selling those sunglasses on the street because I, of course, forgot to buy, to bring sunglasses with me. Found the perfect pair. Bought them. Loved them. Was super fly. And um, I... What was it? Yep, looking at my notes. Oh, so I got the um, the the massage. Then I went to swim. Then we danced. I swam again. I ate, came back, and laid out on the bed. And I had mentioned the bed and paused because then I was explaining that if you saw the picture, blah, blah, blah. We had, like, I guess it's considered a cabana, but everybody had, like, their own private bed. It was incredible. So came out, laid out, comfortable as hell. Um, Would definitely, definitely suggest um, that excursion. I think that one only ran me $85 or so. And it was for the whole day. And it included your transfer. It included your meal. The massage was extra. And um, the ride back, though, hella choppy. One lady was, like, petrified, like in a bad way, like really bad shape. She just didn't do the ride too well at all. Um, So, you know, positive light out to her. I'm certain she's fine now, but, you know, you never want to see someone possibly traumatized by an experience. That's not fun at all. And she had been really nice to me earlier. Like she was another black woman. It was three black women from, I want to say like Maryland or something. And they were on the bed next to mine. They're from Jamaica, but they were, they're living in Maryland. And, you know, we had spoken they were really kind and you know she just did not react well on the way back cuz it was really choppy it was like the boat was coming up water was splashing it hit hard it was it was a little rough so be prepared for a possibly uh rough ride back and that's why they i guess end the beach day around I think it was 3 o'clock we started packing up 245 so that we can have a 3 p.m. departure because they specifically noted the water gets choppy after that. So um, we get back, and I'm on my walk back, and I'm passing by a park. I do not remember what the name of it was. And there are a bunch of tents, and it's like a little bazaar setup where you can just go buy stuff. And I bought some, you know, souvenirs. And by souvenirs, I mean, like, magnets. I bought four magnets and a purse. The bag is so fly. And I didn't realize how much I was... First of all, I was torn between two bags, and the lady just kept coming down on price, and I was just like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And then when I realized how much I spent in American dollars, I was just like, well, damn, I kind of feel bad for her coming down on the price so low because it's like... I think I spent 70,000 Colombian pesos... But that's actually like $20, $21 or something like that. And it's definitely worth more than $21, I would say. And um, it can be sold for more than $21. Um, I don't know why I didn't do the conversion at the time and see that, but neither here nor there. I love my bag, and I should have looked to see how much they were selling the similar bags in the airport for. Um, So anyway, so I'm walking with all my shit, and mind you, I'm gross, okay? Because when I tell you I was sweating in the shade, I was sweating in the shade. Like, it was blazing hip-hop and R&B. So fucking hot. Like, sweat in the shade. But what was beautiful about it is that once you leave the area by the water, the heat gets—it's not as sticky. It's not as humid. And it's strange because it's maybe, like, a two-block difference, and you can feel the heat change. I could at least. So, um you go from just like a really sun dry heat to then once you walk into like uh it's closer to uh Plaza de Paz and the water and yeah, it just starts getting real humid by there, but it's yeah, anyway, I'm walking back and I am now in um uh Plaza de Trinidad and I'm taking—there's lots of people taking photos, so I'm just like, okay, I don't feel as touristy in, like, this real touristy area. So I just don't like standing out. I'm not one of those people that try—I don't really like taking photos of everything I want to take photos of only because I don't want to stand out. I'm a solo traveler, and, you know, I like blending the fuck in. So it was nicely populated it's in the afternoon, and I'm like, let me just get a cute little picture So I turn to take a selfie, and as I'm clicking, I hear, hey, girl, um, you know, sorry to bother you, but can we take a photo with you? Like, my friend was just, you know, she's loving, like, your whole look, the hair, the outfit, the colors, and she was a little, like, you know, shy to ask you, but she would love to just take your photos and, you know, like, with your permission, of course. And they were really nice, and they didn't look, you know, Creepy or anything. So I'm just like, you know, still hesitant because I'm like, hmm, I don't know, y'all. This could be a, you know, a scam. You never know. Because in my mind, people are inherently good. But at the same time, I have space for the y'all could still be trying to get me. But anyway, they weren't. I ended up getting so blessed, so blessed. I ran into Nana's Fur and Juan Bustos and i ended up getting a free photo shoot and i connected with really dope individuals really talented individuals especially nanis like her photography like her photos she took of me are so beautiful like i'm looking at myself like i'm a different person you know what i mean like You see yourself as you... It's seeing yourself through someone else's eyes. And you can think, oh, yeah, I'm cool, you know, great. Oh, all right, my hair looks all right this way, or this is cool that way, whatever, yada, yada. But when someone shows you what they are able to see, sometimes it opens up um, a new set of possibilities. And it's funny because before my trip, I had mentioned that I wanted to connect with creatives abroad. Like I wanted to cr- connect with creatives while I was out there. I wanted to really get some good content and I really wanted to get, um, you know, this whole D carry and traveling and shit like brand growing, but like organically just like working with people and collaborating and connecting and, from working with Laura and Rafa to like this incredible, incredible experience I had with with Nanus and Juan, it was, yo, know, like it's just a testimony right there. Like just speak what you want into the universe, and it'll it'll happen for you. Like it just speak it into the universe and let the work do. Let the universe do the work for you. I was just being myself. I didn't do anything extra. I didn't seek um, Juan and Anis out like they found me. I sought Laura out, but then meeting um, Rafa and him taking such great photos of Laura and myself. And mind you, I don't think I mentioned, the three of us had, well, the four of us, uh, because their friend Maria was there, had an incredible, incredible conversation about um blackness and the experience of black people in our respective countries with the police and um it it was I really wanted to record the conversation for the podcast you know with their permission of course but there was music playing in the restaurant so not only would I have not gotten good audio but you know copyright and all of those different uh restrictions it just so many different i guess you could say uh moments have occurred over the trip that i really wanted to i guess you could say document for the podcast in particular but i i knew that it wouldn't be um in the best format for delivery you know so anyway um And when I took these photos with Nan, like I was sweaty, like glistening, like the I oh y'all, I had the beach and all day on my skin, okay. And when I tell you, it added the right amount. Like you would think that I had been like oiled down. Okay, like I was just listening. I was glowing. A bitch was radiating in these photos. Okay, Nan captured all of that, all of it. So I really, really can't wait until she releases the photos. Um, I got like incredible photos this trip. Like, real talk, I think I'm actually going to try to model a little. this is me again speaking it into the universe. Like I've always had people, oh, do you model? Do you model? And I'm just like, y'all don't even. First of all, I've tried something light, you know, just like not even. I've taken photos with friends before, you know, and I'm a very happy person. So my face really just knows happy. I can't really do not yet, at least. I have not mastered sultry and seductive and provocative. Like, I don't really know how to make my face do anything other than happy. Um, On command, that is. Will those faces arise in real-life situations? Fuck yes, they will. However, on command for a photo and then the what do you do with your body? How do you pose? I don't know what it is about, what it was about working with Nam, but as soon as she said, all right, let's go here I just moved you know what I mean you just do different things with your body and she was able to give direction easily as well she knew exactly where she wanted me to hold my head she would move my face to the side give me this look okay good and then the rest of it she just let me just let me work if you will she just let me move and it was a pleasure to work with her so um, definitely check out uh, Nanus and her page she's Nana's Fur. She's on Instagram at N-A-N-I-S-F-E-R. And check out Juan as well. He's N-E-G-R-O-F-A-R-T-O. Um, definitely keep an eye out for Nan's Instagram because I um, am allowing her to post the work first. Uh, we agreed that we would choose a couple different photos. She's got her three favorite and I've got my three favorite. She's going to post those three, and I've already posted one of my favorites of the three. And um, I actually do love as well the ones that she's chosen. So I really can't wait till she releases those so that you guys can see those too. Um, So after Bora Bora, I took the photos. I took my ass, showered, went the hell to bed. Next day, I woke up, had a really bomb breakfast and a really great experience at Cafe Trinidad. And my server, uh, Ronald, was mad cool. His energy, like, really started my day off at, like, a thousand. I appreciated it so much, and it was a good start to an incredible day. So, backtrack. After Bora Bora, I was slowly trying to—I've been putting together this trip, like, not just like a few days in advance, but a lot of it a few hours in advance, right? So I have a rough idea of what it is I want I want to do for this week. I just haven't put all the blocks in order. Like I had the Palenque tour booked because that was something that thankfully I learned that I had to do in advance because I was booking. I had emailed Alex, um, I want to say a week or two before I left, and he told me what his schedule for the tour was. So that worked out nicely. Bora Bora, I booked on, Insta- on um, Expedia, so I knew what the window was. I had to make that happen. Now, I had been trying diligently to go see the Pink Sea, but I only found the option to book it on Expedia. Now, I tried maybe eight times to book it with two different credit cards, and it would not let me book. I was thinking, I I was thinking so many different reasons as to why it wouldn't let me book the tour with Instagram, with, I keep saying Instagram, with Expedia. I don't fucking know. But it is what it is. Again, the universe is intentional. I Googled, I found a few different tour companies that offered the experience. Only one of them uh, actually had like, dates that I could choose to book with. And they were for like the 14th, the 15th when I wasn't even really, I wasn't going to be there in time. I wasn't going to be there to do the experience. So at this point I'm thinking, and I think I emailed someone and asked, you know, is it that the pink sea is only pink during a certain time of the year? Because when I was Googling, I saw two different bloggers or something, YouTubers that said that it was only it's only pink during certain times, blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe that's why I couldn't book it on Expedia. So at that point, I had kind of just given up on it, right? And I was torn because I still wanted to do the mud volcano because this pink sea excursion included mud uh, volcano at uh, Totem. And it also, um, what do you call it, included a span of time at the beach. So I'm like, oh, perfect. I can get to the beach again and lay out, get some more sand. You know, it's two beach days. How do I not win? Because again, fucking summer, uh, winter in Peru right now. So I am going through the Instagrams. You know, I'm just scrolling through my feed. And I run across one of the young ladies I met on the Palenque tour. Uh, I think her name, I think you pronounce it Sarai. Her account is S-A-R-A-I-R-I-V-12. All right? And I see Shorty was at the motherfucking Pink sea. I look at the date. She went the day before Palenque while I was at Bora Bora. So I'm like, yo, slide in the DMs. I'm like, yo, you went to the Pink Sea. How did you get this? Like, who did you book with? Turns out she booked it with this gentleman named Marlon. I had actually met Marlon at the Palenque Experience. It turns out that Marlon also has a... um tour company. Marlon is also another black man from Colombia, And Marlon is um, the owner of local Cartagena tours. And when I tell you, Marlon took such good care of me. We um, were messaging on WhatsApp because he was sending me the, um, we had taken a boomerang. So he had sent me the boomerang And so I had his contact on WhatsApp, but then when Sarai told me about the tour company that she used, I DM'd the tour company and I was speaking to them on their Instagram DM saying that I wanted to book the pink uh, C. But then I was looking at who was in the pictures and I'm like, wait, is this Marlon? So then I figured it out. We both realized we're talking. Yeah, I we know who each other are. Okay, cool. So I'm speaking to Marlon and he was telling me, you know, listen, if it's just you, you know, I kind of got to charge for the one person as opposed to, you know, a lower rate. If you were to be a part of a group, maybe you can find somebody that's able to go with you to soften the price a little bit for you. And um, if I find anybody, I'll definitely, you know, do the same. And I'd reached out to one of the young ladies that I knew was still going to be in Colombia, But her uh, girlfriend that she had traveled with was still going to be there until like three o'clock. So, of course, no man left behind. You're not going to just leave your homegirls going to go on tour on her last day. Right. But I didn't know that that was the itinerary. So it was just like, OK, my fault. I wouldn't even have, you know, suggested it if I'd known blah blah blah, and so I said, I can go to the mud volcano and I can go to um the beach for roughly twenty dollars, okay not roughly it was like twenty one dollars um I spent and then I was real- then when I converted what the cost was, I think it would have been like a hundred dollars. For me to book the tour with Marlin. Private tour. Just me. Including round trip transportation, Pink Sea, mud volcano, and um what was the other thing? And the beach and my meal. Roughly a hundred dollars. Or I can still have all of that, including round trip transfer, food included, mud volcano. And the beach for $20. Only difference was I wasn't going to get to the Pink Sea and it wouldn't be a private tour. That's the only difference. No, it wasn't the only difference. And the other difference is what made the difference to me and made me spend the extra money. And for me, it was supporting a black business. I spent maybe two, three hours, not like the entire time, two, three hours, but... Um, just following up, thinking about it, taking a second, giving it a second thought, asking more questions, confirming information with Marlon. And he was so patient with me and so, like, generous with his time and attention to the detail to make sure that I understood everything that I would be getting, telling me who my driver would be, the whole nine. And... I decided to book with Marlon. I decided to um, spend my money with a black owned business. And when I tell you it was worth every cent I spent, it was worth more than what I spent. Um, I greatly, greatly appreciate Marlon and his attention to uh, detail throughout the entire trip. He kept checking, he wasn't able to uh take me himself, but he sent me with um an incredible incredible uh tour guide, Freddie, who was so kind, and we had a driver who didn't speak English, so I don't remember what his name was because we didn't interact that much um but I had a private tour for the whole fucking day y'all like they picked me up, and they were early let alone on time because I went to uh, eat breakfast and I like, had it set up so that if they got there early, I'd already paid so I could leave. But like 10 minutes too, like, he's there. And I'm like, oh shit, like, I still got more food. So, you know, cleaned it up, met him outside. I think I was right there. Um, we left, they were kind. Uh, Marlon called to check in, make sure everything was okay. And when I tell you, I actually did... Book and pay with, um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the uh, Expedia? Just in case I didn't decide on spending the extra money to do this tour. So I figured, all right, it's $20 if I lose out on it, right? So I definitely took that hit, took the L, spent $20 for nothing because I ended up booking with Freddie. And um, Again, the universe is so intentional. I had so much trouble booking that experience with every other company because I was supposed to go with Marlon, because I was supposed to support his business and I was supposed to have the experience that I was suppo- that I had. And I couldn't have asked for anything better. Y'all yeah, will definitely um, love the pics. Um, thank you, Freddie, for uh, putting your photography skills to work. I love the photos and um let me uh give you this is when it's going to get a little interesting and this is probably if you clicked on this episode based on the title this is what you've been waiting for so uh yeah before i give my mom the earmuffs uh heads up this uh let me just explain what i went and had done so first thing we did was mud volcano. Marlon made sure to let me know exactly what I, because there are certain things that were not included. And that was a massage, the ladies washing you off, and them taking your photos while you're in the mud. So um, he made sure I knew not to pay more than like 25,000 pesos. And then Freddie was like, Give me the money. I'll go pay this way. They're not trying to haggle you. He knew I didn't speak Spanish, so he took care of that for me. All right. So the volcano is really cool. It like you can't. It's so strange, but like science, you know. Uh, bu- uh, how do you say it? buoyancy? Bu- buoyancy? Buoyancy. Like you're not going to sink. So you get into the well. Like, you climb into the the mud, and how, however you place yourself is how you're going to stand i mean how you're going to stay like you stand straight up you sit you lay you're floating it what you're floating like you're not sinking right so you get in there and like they put it on your face and you do like a mud mask it's like the the indian clay that you order on from amazon like i got a jar of shit and i've done the um the mud mask, and then you do the hair mask, but this is the entire th- stuff like this is the real shit. So, all that shit we ordering on Amazon, this was it in real life, and you get to experience it though. It's kind of like you're experiencing it with a couple of other strangers, like you're in the mud with a bunch of other people, right? All right, so get in, and then the guys tell you, All right, float, like relax. So then they give you this really cool massage in the mud. And shout out to the lady next to me because he's asking me if I want it on my face. And I don't understand Spanish. And so, like, I know certain words, but I didn't understand what the fuck he was trying to say to me. The lady next to me was just like, oh, the face. Like, do you want it on your face? I'm good looking now, sis. Thank you so much. And I said, yes. Let me get my full uh experience, right? So... Okay Ma, earmuffs. I'm taking a mental this I'm taking note. This is at fifty two thirty three. I'm writing it down for you, Ma. And then when you can take your earmuffs off, I will put a I will note the marker in it as well. Alright, so y'all. We've all heard of the infamous happy ending in a massage, okay? I've never had one until my first public massage at that. Now, let me preface this by saying it wasn't exactly the happy ending, but it was all the leading ups to said happy ending scene. So you're getting a massage and you're covered in mud and they actually... Flip like so, you're laying on your back and they massage your legs, they massage your back, your neck, your arms, your shoulders, and all that shit. And then they will flip you over so that you're on your stomach. But you basically put your hands like a pillow, like if you're gonna lay on your face, and then you just lay like that because, again, you're not gonna sink. Don't put your face face down and you're not gonna drown. Don't be a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Just hold your head up, but you're still not going anywhere. So they're massaging your stomach and they're massaging your back. But when they're massaging your stomach, their hands aren't visible. And part of that whole massaging of the stomach, these dudes get pretty fucking handsy. And uh, they took certain liberties. At first, I wasn't pleased with. And might I note that there were two massages. I don't know if everybody got two massages. I you know, didn't want mud in my eyes. So my eyes were closed for most of it. So you get the one massage and he starts getting a little close to a uh, lady parts. And I'm like, all right, bro, first of all, I don't want all this shit in my crotch. But then it's just like, well, it's mud. Like, it's it's pretty much getting there anyway. And it's uncomfortable because it's like mad people around you, but like you're listening to people talk to each other and you're listening to all the like the ambient noise where everybody's doing different things and you kind of like you're trying to relax but there's so much going on around you that you're not really relaxing. So then they kind of like pull you, push you, drag you because mud, it's hard to, you know, move easily in it. And so then there's like a a brief, maybe... Minute long time where nothing's really happening. You're just kind of laying there so you get to kind of relax again. And then there's a second massage. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is a nice lengthy massage for like pennies, literal pennies. So there's another massage. And this time it's just like, okay, I'm relaxed. Like I'm way more relaxed. And apparently so was he. And uh, he went for the gusto. He went for the fucking gusto. And this time I was with the shits because a bitch was relaxed. And, uh, hmm, I didn't, I, I didn't, uh, get there, but had I had more time, would have gotten there, would have gotten there in the mud, surrounded by maybe 20 other people. Oh, Columbia, Columbia and the mud. So yeah. That was my happy. I, I would. I would like. That was the closest I ever got to a fucking happy ending, in public at the like. I just. It, I mean, there's nothing that's really unbelievable about it, because it's not like these are professional masseuses. You get what I'm saying? These is just niggas making money, and niggas gonna be niggas, and niggas come in all shapes, sizes, colors, and creeds, and these niggas was niggin', and I didn't mind. I mean, at first I kind of did, but then I didn't mind. But my only concern is for a woman that wouldn't necessarily have been able to protest or wouldn't have felt comfortable saying anything had she been continuously uncomfortable. So um, that is something to know if you do decide to do the mud massage, if at any time, like you start to feel uncomfortable, kind of signal somehow whatever way is comfortable for you. It doesn't have to be like a loud outcry or anything like that. Or it could just be like a simple, okay, that's enough. Or, you know, a stiffening. I don't know. Whatever you feel is going to get the message across. But speak up before it gets someplace where you don't want it to go I would definitely suggest if you are a woman that is going and if it doesn't and I don't know that that's the experience for everybody that goes nor do I know if that's the experience for um women that are there with other people I think it might have—it was probably obvious that it was just me there by myself. So it's not like I have a man there or a girlfriend there who is going to notice. I wasn't talking to anybody else. It was just me by myself. So that could have been, like, an indicator for the guy that was massaging me. But, yeah, I ain't mind. But it does, you know, of course— Raise the um, the topic of consent. You know that that definitely wasn't asked of me. If I was okay with it, it was something that was just done. But I didn't mind. So in my case, it worked out. But just a heads up: if that is not something that you are interested in, keep it in mind. So. Okay, ma. You can take the ear earmuff. the earmuffs off at 5920. So, um there's also this kid that basically takes all they hold on to your phone. They're not in the mud, but they take a bunch of pictures for you and that's cool. And then you walk down these really steep stairs. If you're afraid of heights also, Keep in mind, this may not be the experience for you. They let you know that it's a steep incline to get up like kind of a raggedy ass uh, wood and stone set of stairs. You got to go up and down to get out off the, the, it's like a kind of mountain, it's like a volcano. So you got to get up there. So it's, you know, and you're walking barefoot because you are leaving your shoes downstairs with um, the guys that are watching you. I mean, watching your shit. So you've got somebody that also follows you and takes photos for you along the way. And then you are walked over to a lake where these ladies wash you off. And they're not exactly very gentle about it. They're kind of just dumping water on top of you. And they're, you know, helping you. And they're just kind of like, you know, I don't have hair. So like they're rubbing my head for me, trying to get all the mud out and stuff like that. But when I tell you it was just so fucking beautiful, just looking at the surrounding landscape, and I'm watching kids play in the water, you know, parents play with their kid in the water. I had one little boy come up to me and give me a, a snail show. And it was just like, you know, he was just very kind and like, you know, just gifted me something. And it was, I loved, loved that part of the experience. It just, it took a minute. Nobody's really rushing you to come get out or anything like that. The ladies are just... You know, they do their little do, and they're arguing about something else with somebody else. And I don't understand what the fuck they're saying, but ain't nobody really bothering me. I'm just sitting there just enjoying the view and just enjoying the experience that I'd had. I was having an incredible day. Like, this was just the fucking beginning of the day. This was the start. So when I come out of the lake, my tour guide, Freddie, was waiting, and he had my towel for me. Again, the perks of being the only person on the tour. So I get my towel. I'm able to um, start drying off. Now, mind you, you don't got to do too much to dry off because it's fucking hot as hell. So, you know, dry off. And then I opted to change my swimsuit because I suggest that if you go, you wear a bathing suit that you don't mind not keeping. What I um, decided to do was to gift it to or to donate it to one of the ladies that was there, because I was just going to throw the suit out. I went with the intention. I'd read description, you know, like reviews of other people that had gone. And they, one person like complained, well, I wish I known that I should have just tossed the suit and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, let's see how bad it gets. So I wore a swimsuit that I didn't like. I wore the yellow one that I wore in Cuba, um, which I've never really been the biggest fan of. Um, It's not a bad suit. It's not in bad condition. This is the second time I've worn it. I just didn't, I don't really like the way it looks on me. So after I washed off, I changed out of it and I gave it to one of the ladies that was working there. Um, She accepted it nicely. She didn't, you know, seem displeased with it. So I'm like, okay, great. Maybe she can wear it or she'll give it to a daughter, a niece, somebody, somebody can have the fucking suit, you know? somebody will wear it. I ain't above hand-me-downs, so I ain't gonna just assume that somebody else is above hand-me-downs, you know? So, you want it? It's yours. Changed into a suit that I actually like. It was, um, new to y'all, not new to me. I've had it for a while, just haven't worn it anywhere. And, um, then we were off to the pink sea. I got some of the most incredible fucking pictures. Freddie, shout out to you. I had the best- the sweetest guide from the area, a young lady named Jamie. She didn't speak English, but her energy and her kindness and her warmth translated across any miscommunications or any barrier in communication we may have had. She was such a, such a sweetheart, so kind. And I understand a little bit of Spanish, me, and I know like a few words here and there. So every once in a while we, you know, had a little bit of dialogue and she was so kind. And she gave me um these two really nice um, rock salts, like because the salt is mined and, you know, processed in a factory and it's used for different processes. And I just wasn't really getting the full information because... Freddie was translating from Spanish and his English is marginal, you know, great guy. He's able to communicate the important things. And, um, yeah, I just didn't really get a good feel for why the sea was pink or what really happens with the soul. Or, you know, I didn't get too in-depth of an explanation in any of the answers that I um, had gotten. So all I know is it's salt sunlight and science other than that ask the fucking googles i don't know y'all um so we left the um and it was a really nice time that we spent there i thought that when i first got there i would just want to like when i when the first area we saw was just like kind of pink and it was just like okay i'm ready to go but the further down we got the more intense the pink got and like it just like the experience just became something more than what i expected of it And it was, again, hot as fuck. And you're just walking across arid land. And um, just the cutest little kids that you're passing by to get back to, you know, walk through the town to get back to the car. And, um, again, really great experience. Ended up ending the day at La Perla Negra. Um, I ate there. The food was so fucking bomb, y'all. Like, I wanted another thing of fish, but I didn't want to, you know overeat my share of fish. Cause I knew I'd probably have it again while I was on the trip, but y'all, the food was so good. And then I went to, um, the beach at, uh, La Boquilla. It wasn't a, um, a clear water beach. I'll say that you can't see your feet at any stage in the water. So it's, I don't want to say dirty water because I've seen dirty water. The water in Phuket to me was dirty. It was seatbelts, styrofoam, and all other uh, other unidentifiable, unidentifiable shit in the water. Um, this water was just dirty to me because of sand. Maybe it was pollution. I don't know. There was nothing drifting in the water, though, is what I'm getting at. The sand, there was no trash on the beach or anything like that. And the beach was fucking dead. There were like, when I got on the beach, there were two other women. And then maybe like four kids, two stray dogs. There was some vendors trying to sell drinks and shit. But you just say no. You don't have to want them. And just, you say no enough times, then don't answer anymore. Um, and don't give them any money. Simple, right? Um But it was like the kind of water where you can't see through. So I don't know what else the fuck is in the water. And it was getting kind of late in the day. It was maybe like 2.30. This was like my last half hour. I had maybe like 30 minutes on the beach, 40 minutes on the beach. So I didn't want to go. Like I didn't even go up to my waist because I felt like I had already walked pretty far out there and the water was pulling already. I ain't trying to get swept away on vacation. I do some risky shit, but... I'm beginning to crazy with the shit. Yeah. So, um again, I loved the beach, laid out, got a little sunburned on my shoulder. But um, might have been worth it. I got a nice fucking tan, y'all. Like the kid is so brown. I love it. Uh there's a saying, I think it's Mas Negra Mahor. More black or better, something like that. Basically, black of the berry, the sweeter the juice. Yeah, there's a different way that they say it there, but that's the gist of it. And what was cool was Marlon called to check again to make sure everything was going all right. And then he reminded me, you know, because I'd asked the guys on the drive there if they could stop by that Cartagena sign where you take a picture with the word Cartagena. And so uh, he called and was like, yeah, I'm going to ask the guys to stop you by the Cartagena sign so that you could take a picture. I'm like, oh yeah, thank you so much. So he definitely, you know, again, went above and beyond, uh, jumped out, took a um, photo there and I had a really, really incredible day. Uh, out with the guys from local Cartagena tours I would definitely recommend booking with them um, and what's beautiful about it is that I know um, Chris also who was the tour guide I had from Experience Real Cartagena they're able to do custom tours so reach out to them while you're out there support black businesses If you have an idea of what it is you want to do and you don't see it offered as an option, ask. Ask if there is a day or if there is a driver or a service provider or like a tour guide that they can offer to you to um, get you to see what it is you want to see. Ask what the price is. And when I'm telling you like it's going to be worth it, it's going to be worth it. And remember that you're supporting a black business. You're supporting a black business abroad. It's, it's something that I feel strongly about, and I hope that other travelers of color um, can definitely give back to their community because that's the same community that is welcoming you into... It's like different levels of community. They've got their own community because they live there. This is their home, but... They're our community because they are our brothers and sisters in blackness. So give back to our community, the black community, by putting back into their community, the community that is welcoming you into their home. They are hosting you there. They are taking care of you. They are making sure you're safe. They are making sure that you can experience their part of the community and bring it back to the rest of the community back home to us in the States. So. Definitely, definitely, definitely reach out to um, Alex and Chris Rocha at um, Experience Real Cartagena, and definitely, definitely reach out to Marlon at local Cartagena tours. So just want to finish it off by saying I actually went the fuck out. I experienced nightlife for the first fucking time on a vacation Thank you so much to Chris for inviting me out. He, um, the night before, the day before was his birthday. So we went out for burgers in, uh, Plaza Trinidad. And, uh, we went to get drinks at a rooftop spot in, um, I think it's La Plaza de Paz, like Peace Square, basically, which was, shout out to, uh, Chris and all the historical information was used to uh trade slaves because of course logistically makes sense it was right by the um it's right by the docks the piers or right by the water so they used to um sell and trade slaves there and we went to a bar on a rooftop it was so dope I met four really, really dope Black women from the U.S., professionals, we talked, no judging, beautiful women, kind, warm, and just, like, the kind of people you want to be your friends. You know what I mean? And it's just, like, it was such happenstance. Like, I was um, with one group, like, one group of Black people that uh, Chris knew, and then all of a sudden, the ladies come over and like, Where y'all from? We hear hear you, like, and we see, like, oh, we see, we hear the voices, and then we see black people, and it's just, like, because mad Colombians are black, especially in Cartagena, there's so many black Colombians. I feel like I saw mostly black Colombians, and then, of course, tourists who, you know, weren't black. But, yeah, so they definitely, it's just so beautiful how black people find each other on vacation, yo. And so they came over, they joined the group. We had great conversation. And um, ladies, thank you for adding to the dynamic of my experience. It was such a pleasure to meet you. Um, I definitely remember Ashley's name because Ashley does not have Instagram or Facebook, but she said that she was definitely going to check out the, po- the podcast. So, hey, girl, hey, I hope you're enjoying it. Um, speech pathologist, therapists. And, um, the other friend was a nurse in school to finish up getting her nurse practitioners, um, license. So y'all, we out here doing it for ourselves. Okay. We have great conversation. I like, I just can't express to you how good it feels to, again, not only experience blackness abroad, but then to experience that blackness with other black people from your country together in the space of a different kind of black people, if that makes sense, if that makes sense. So um, had a really good time, got some really great pics, um, and we walked through Gethsemane, looked at a lot of other street art, and I definitely enjoyed uh the conversation so thank you again to Chris for um really looking out and really showing me around Gethsemane and we had a great conversation about uh gentrification there as well so if you're looking to buy property abroad consider buying in like because most of us can't afford property in our neighborhoods, right, here in the States. But Chris points it out, one hotel on the corner, he was like, yeah, that used to be a crack house. I think they sold it for 16000 U.S. dollars, and now it's like this beautiful hotel. So if you don't necessarily have U.S. gentrification money, you might as well look in Because then I asked him, well... Do you, because he had mentioned that black people were buying some property as well in Gethsemane. And there is, there was essentially like a lot of the government is taking over spaces in Gethsemane, but there was something where President Obama came over and the UN, again, retention here. Uh, factually look it up, but there's some type of initiative where a lot of the people that lived in the area got titles and they were able to keep their homes, keep their spaces, and then, um, you know, get help, I guess, uh, beautifying it or fixing it up. So I don't know how that happens there, but it doesn't happen here, but that's another story. And I asked him if there are other Black people, you know, because he had mentioned that Black people were also gentrifying well, part of the gentrification, like they were buying um, some properties in the community. And I was asking him, is, is that offensive to you guys? Like, they're still outsiders in a sense, but they're black. And he was like, no, you're black. We with it. So I'm like, oh, well, shit. So niggas, if you got some bread, look into different countries that are experiencing gentrification as well. Um, We know what it's like here. So if anything, we could, you know, do our part to assist in making sure that it doesn't necessarily hurt other communities that we may be able to, you know, afford to help out in. Because what for us may not necessarily be a large, large investment may turn into... Because think about it this way. If you buy... A building out there and say it costs you it's not a huge building like a hotel building say it costs you five grand and you hire some and it's got like three floors right like say you would buy like a brownstone type property hypothetically here say it costs you five grand because it's not the same size of whatever that hotel he was pointing out that costs 16 grand so you spend five grand you buy yourself a three apartment space you offer housing to someone that is from the neighborhood that can't necessarily stay there and then you're able to airbnb the rest of it make yourself a profit but you're also helping a family that's out there you're letting them be the the point of contact for the airbnb or even if you were to rent out two of the spaces affordably to two families that are from the area and then airbnb one of it where they say maybe can alternate taking care of the property or one person hosts and the other person cleans or one person provides different services and they, whatever like there's there's a way to ensure community stays community where you can and how you can it's just a fucking idea at this point i feel like i'm rambling my neck is killing me the flight was trash i really wanted to get a massage tonight but you know what i said work. I got to get this episode out because it's Wednesday. It's going to go live tomorrow. I didn't record yesterday because I was out gallivanting the streets. I had a really bomb ass time. I fucking love Colombia. This is the second time I've been someplace where I can say I would probably go back. Uh, first it was Cuba and now it's Cartagena. I would love to experience more of Colombia, oh, and so I'd asked you guys to um ask me some questions that you wanted answered in this episode. so I know let me see Johanna, one of my homegirls from high school is Colombian and okay so the backup burner oh wait here we go it is letting me get into my ig johanna is from colombia and she asked me a question okay i tried to use my other phone so i didn't interrupt the oh joe but so far it's looking like i'm not let me see if i can find it that's why i do screenshots y'all Okay, so Joha Patricia 13 asked What would you say to people hesitant in visiting a country who has had such horrible political turmoil and known infamously for drugs and violence but yet filled with such colorful beauty and rich culture in every corner? I would say it probably helps that I don't really watch the news. (laughs) So I don't watch the news. I don't watch TV in general. So there's a lot of information that I am not privy to in terms of what all is going on, especially the um, political turmoil. I am not really familiar with what politically is happening right now. Um, I do know that, of course, (sighs) Colombia I've had more than one person mention to me uh, to make sure to not let anyone use me as a mule. You know, jokingly, of course. But I can see how some people may not take that as a joke. If it were, um, you know, mentioned around them, I can see how that would have been offensive to some of them. But, yeah, that's essentially why. And then, you know don't do any coke while you're over there, stuff like that. So, yes, Columbia is well-known for its drugs. Um, and I've heard mention of the violence. However, for me, so is Brooklyn. And there's still so much to love and appreciate and to take away from And experience being in Brooklyn. And the way I see it, the same way there are not just American cities and towns, but the same way there are cities and towns in New York that are deemed unsafe and less than desirable and you know, should be, um, I'm actually loving that those alarms are going off in the background because it'll be nice for me to listen back one day and hear what was going on in the city that I was in beside bar. Sorry. Um, there's plenty of shit going on in my own city. Whereas there are places where, you know, aren't safe, but I feel safe in, or there are places that aren't safe that other people would deem unsafe, but I know to not necessarily be that uh, dangerous, if you will. It's like, you know there's danger, but you know that you're going to be fine. And thankfully, there's been enough in terms of the Black travelers that I follow on social media. I've seen so many of them going to Colombia and experiencing black Colombia I knew that that's something that I wanted for myself so for me I would say hone in on what it is about your trip that you are looking to experience the positive of it the positive of the country that you're looking to experience and see how others have done that and of course be cautious about where you decide to go of course you're going to be cautious about what you decide to do while you're there but Like, I continuously tell people the same sense that you use while you're home is the same sense that you're going to use while you're abroad. I don't go abroad and just randomly, or I don't go abroad and then act the same way I do at home. You know what I'm saying? I am more cautious at home in neighborhoods that I don't live in than I usually am in neighborhoods that I do frequent. You know, and that's just because I don't know the people there and they don't know me. So, you know, your guards are up and that same sense that you use when you're in unfamiliar situations at home. You use while you're abroad. And not only do you use it, but you use it to like the 10th degree. You know what I mean? You also have to be aware of making sure that you don't stand out. Making sure that you try, I know as a solo traveler, I really, really take pride in trying to figure out or being able to figure out how to blend in. I try not really to be a, I'm not a flashy person in general. I wear chucks everywhere. But it's one thing to be in a cute outfit and then it's another thing to be, I don't do designer Um, But it's one thing to travel with, you know, a Louis knapsack. It's another thing to travel with, you know, flashy jewelry. And see, it's like there's one thing, there's cute, and then there's like trendy, and then there's like, you know, uh, TV trendy where you're wearing, you know, really visible name brands and stuff like that. And I kind of think that depending on where it is you're going, like if you're going to Milan, you're not going to stand out. You understand what I'm saying? But if you're going to a country that's got a poor population, if you're going to a country where there are people that are, you you know, doing odd work and odds and ends to make extra income on top of what it is that they may be earning or if odds and ends are their primary source of income, then don't make yourself a target. And I don't say that to say that anyone that gets victimized is um, it's their fault that they get victimized. But I say that to say, do your part to keep yourself safe. And honestly, that's all you can do in any situation. You can't protect yourself from falling down the stairs, even if you're holding on to the rail. If you're going to fall down the stairs, holding on to the rail makes the fall not as great. You know, so if you're protecting yourself while you're abroad, the protections that you do put in place, God forbid you get victimized, hopefully lessen the blow of whatever happens. I mean, it just is one of those things where you can't ensure your own safety 24-7 So I feel like you shouldn't let that get in the way of exploring and living your life. So it's like a roundabout way of saying, be careful, but don't let the fear of things that can go wrong, stop you from enjoying the things that can go right. So I will end there. I hope you enjoyed this super long episode of, well, I don't think it's much longer than some of the other long ones um hope you enjoyed this episode if you have any other questions about any of the um tours that I mentioned or any of the experiences definitely feel free to hit me up I will hopefully be spacing out these photos to give y'all something to look at throughout the week I'm trying to get better with content I got a lot of things that I have floating through my mind as ideas and um yeah, so I'm in Peru now, so stay tuned for that as well all right, so make sure you guys are following me on let instagram i am underscore d carry that's the letter d c a r r i e um there's an underscore in front so it's underscore d carry and you can also follow um, the podcast at Travel and Shit, T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N, and then spell shit fully out, S-H-I-T, not the exclamation point, and uh, that has an underscore at the end. Holler at um, Shatik at Beats on Film. Thank you to everybody that made Cartagena such an enjoyable experience. I hope you all have gotten back home safely. I hope that you enjoyed yourselves as well. And hopefully you're listening to this episode of Travel and Shit. You loved it. You felt seen. And you all will be back for the next episode. All right, motherfuckers. Bye.